and welcome to episode four of Eagles Don't Hunt Flies, the show all about the life and career of John Moxley, and I'm your host, Martin Bushby, and joining me, as always, Brandon from New Jersey, and Dickie Bird. Happy New Year, guys. Welcome to 2024. How was your holiday period, Brandon? I bet you got up to some adventures, didn't you, over the Christmas New Year period? Uh, it was fun, man. Uh, I, I, I usually enjoy it. I mean, like the build up to it with work and stuff is just abhorrently mm. horrible. But like when you get to Christmas and it, it's 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 fun sometimes with family and friends and especially family. It's it's cool. I, I, I get a joy out of the, the kids in my in my uh, family, like and getting the gifts and stuff like that. Like that's that's the best part of the holiday, the, the giving. And especially giving from your wallets and spending that money on them. Because <laughs> uh, it's less money you can spend on yourselves, especially uh, the stuff that <laughs> that I like to buy. <laughs> it, it gives off the temptation of not getting that stuff and giving it to somebody else. But uh, no, I, I had a great time. Uh, good time as, as usual. Why what do you like to buy? I mean, I mean like you buy, we all buy stupid stuff. We all have vices like... Uh, <laughs> You know, comic books or fucking uh, or clothes or sneakers or, or fast women and stuff like that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's good to give back to others instead to yourself. So, uh, uh, so you buy fast women? <laughs> That's what he normally likes to spend his money on. Yeah. I had a great Christmas. Yeah. But it's like you said, it's mainly about, you know, the kids in the family and they're giving them gifts and stuff like that. But it just goes way, way too quick. And you're back at work before you know it. What about you, Dickie? I mean, you launched a t-shirt store. I mean, wow. That, that's a, a big thing to do uh, towards the end of the year. Yeah, speaking of spending money on things you, you probably shouldn't, uh, I, I, I've been doing that, <laughs> starting a business. I, I've underestimated just how much it it costs to uh, to do all these things, but that's fine. It's, it's all... It's all part of the the process. Nothing, nothing I can't handle. But uh, but yeah, it feels like it's been it's been a long time since we last chatted, and it feels like even longer because so 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 much stuff has has happened. And and yeah, but you know, Christmas was was very nice. Uh, first Christmas with uh, with. You know, first Christmas being a, a dad, I guess. And, oh yeah. Even though, even though my son is too young to understand Christmas, it it doesn't it doesn't change anything for us as as parents because we get far more into the Christmas spirit, um, you know, far more prepared and and put you know you put lights up because he at least enjoys looking at that and all that sort of stuff and. And and yeah, so that was pretty cool. He got me a plate. I I actually nice. <clears throat> was taken by surprise because at, at his daycare they had a, 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 a I guess a little play thing where they painted plates and and all that sort of stuff. And uh, Mrs. Dickey didn't uh, tell me about that. She she hid it from me and and wrapped it up and and it was a first present from my son. So that was. Very very nice, but um, but yeah. Apart from that, I uh, yeah then started a t-shirt business as well, and um, it's all's going very well. Perhaps I put it. It's more like a uh, it's more like a merch store, isn't it? You've got more than t-shirts, and there you've got cups, 
shot. Are shot glasses still available, or did they sell out? I know John Cena's like no. loaded now, isn't he? <laughs> I, I uh, you know, I've, I've been hammering at the supplier to ask when they will get more shot glasses back in stock, but sadly, no, no time soon. So uh, I think that one will be a, a very, very limited amount because uh you know uh i don't want to i don't want to reveal things behind the curtain but uh there weren't a hell of a lot to start with <laughs> so he's not that rich <laughs> it's just that we sold out of a small small amount that we had and then the uh supplier said yeah i, I don't know when the next batch is coming and so i think that might be gone for good um but uh the mugs the mugs really good feedback for for the mugs and you know we'll be looking at adding more stuff in the in the future yeah brandon you've got your mug and i keep getting sent photos of it's a hot seller and uh you know maybe maybe if you listen to the end of the show we might we might give you a bit of a a bit of a deal to get yourself one of these ambrose mugs Excellent. So yeah, that shot glass like a collector's item now. You'll be seeing it on eBay for like two hundred dollars or whatever. So uh, if you got one of them, that's um, an antique, a potential antique that you've got there. But um, full of... what about the Martin Bushy startup kit? When's that coming on eBay? The, the startup kit. What's 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 in the startup kit exactly? <laughs> the red red hoodie and the Christmas hat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was a burgundy hoodie. Hat. If we're going to be technical. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a great part of the Christmas episode, the Poison you'd have, to, you'd have to go to the uh, Roots store in Toronto to get one of those bad boys, I'm afraid. Oh, that's expensive. We, we, you're going to love this. I got, I got a hockey track. I got a, a Canadian track uh, top at, at the Roots store <laughs> online. I didn't go to the personal, the, the, the brick and mortar building, but I, I got it online. <laughs> It's a nice track. It's a nice track track top. The, the Nike one is pretty dope. That was when I was going through my uh, Canadian phase of life. But uh, I digress. Yeah, they've um, yeah, it's quality stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I know we're not here to like sort of like you know promote roots, but yeah, if you're ever in Canada, yeah, quality quality merchandise. Yeah, lasts lasts a good few washes and that. Yeah, I'm really happy with my burgundy hoodie. So uh, yeah, but before, I mean, what the fuck are we talking about here? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Before we get into this is usual. (laughs) Before we get into the main sort of like crux of the show, we're a couple of days removed from Wrestle Kingdom and uh, (laughs) caught up on it this morning. Saw Moxley come out, have a have a good match with Will Ospreay and uh, and David Finlay. But Dicky, what did you make to this uh, Moxley's get up? I used to read Batman comics, so I wasn't aware of this character in the uh, in the world of Batman. No, nor nor am I. I mean, and and look, maybe it's it's not it's not what he was going for. But I I saw the, the character is called Red Hood, I believe, which is a Batman villain, and that was what he was kind of channeling. I saw Robin from the uh, Jerry Bruckheimer Batman and Robin films personally. Uh, that's not a dig, just the eye, <laughs> the eye stuff. So but it is all. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, but it is all very DC look, look and feel anyway. And, and as we know, uh, you know, John Moxley has already cosplayed Bane. 
when he donned the gas mask on on Raw. Yeah, that's and right. Cut and cut a promo with it on. So even he didn't exactly sound like Bane, but it was that muffled. Can we even tell what he's saying? Kind of thing. So. Hey, look, I don't know. Who who would be next? Mr. Freeze? Can he do Mr. Freeze next? I'd love to see Moxley doing an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression from those films. That would be amazing. If Freeze is coming, yeah, that would be brilliant. But I don't know. What other, what other, what other Batman villains could he cosplay as? It's clearly he, he made out like he didn't like wearing that gas mask and stuff, but clearly he likes cosplaying as these Batman characters, Brandon. He could be, he could be the Joker or, or uh, Clayface, the Man Bat. <laughs> Joker's been done to death now, hasn't it? I think a lot of like wrestlers have done the Joker get up to this point. So yeah, it has to be something Clay a bit different. Clayface, <laughs> <laughs> just put a load of clay over his head. Yeah, that'll go down well. Scarecrow, that's been done to death Very... too. Has right? it really? Not in a wrestling. Oh well, Cillian Murphy did a <laughs> job as a scarecrow. <laughs> you oh, know yeah, Definitely. Did he do a bad job? I don't know. It's debatable. He was. I, I like him. He's a, he's a good actor. He's a good egg. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, great actor. He's not. He's not a wrestler though, so it's an irrelevant conversation. He was good at Red Eye. I, I'm the only person in my in my uh, circle that likes that movie. Apparently. So yeah, should we get into <laughs> should we get into the main the main show? Because for this episode, and obviously in synergy with the main Poison Rana show, we've just dropped their best of CM Punk and WWE show. We're going to be going back and looking at Mox versus CM Punk and their whole rivalry through WWE, AEW. But we're going to chop this up into two. We're going to be chatting the WWE stuff this month and then moving on to AEW the next month. Yeah, get, so, through, get, get through the rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> get, get through the harder stuff first and then, then get the good stuff the next month. I mean, for this story, we have got to go back all the way to October 2011. Martin, in order to get to heaven, you have to go through hell, so uh, this will be the hell part of uh, of our journey. (laughs) (laughs) We aren't main roster WWE, but the precursor to NXT, Florida Championship Wrestling, that was obviously WWE's developmental league at the time, where a, a certain Dean Ambrose had signed earlier in that year, and we're into the first match here at Florida Championship Wrestling, which is Dean Ambrose versus CM Punk. And we're here in Kissimmee, Florida. Kissimmee, a place that I've been before. I think I was about 12. My first trip over to the States, to Florida, and we had a, a nice little uh, nice little villa in Kissimmee. It was great. Loved it. Uh, never been back since. But, uh, it's the yeah. Everglades, right? I'm not quite sure. We didn't really see any crocodiles or anything. Perhaps we weren't looking in the wrong places. I remember going on a boat trip for, through the Everglades, and uh, I, we didn't dump any bodies, but we saw a lot of gators, and then we had uh, gator, uh, like, uh, chicken poppers. Real good. It's, uh, it's an underrated uh, meal, alligator. But go ahead and continue. Kiss right. Oh, you've, eat, you've eaten alligator. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's pretty. It's, wow. Uh, I, I recommend it if you ever go to Florida or go on an Everglade ride. Uh, yeah, they eat kangaroos here, so I'm not really too surprised about that. Yeah, kangaroos. Like, and that's and I was, I was sorry, I was going to say it's not even like a delicacy or anything. Like you, you go to the supermarket and you just you can buy. It's in the meat section next. To I couldn't imagine eating a jacked up kangaroo, right? Like uh, built like Randy Orton. Ooh. 
Well, you you don't eat a jacked up kangaroo. You make it sound like when you eat like beef, you just like kick the cow's ass or something and start eating it or whatever. Like it just comes in like you know, it's it's not great to be honest. I wouldn't I wouldn't really recommend. It. It's very gamey. But have you seen a jacked kangaroo? You know, man, those, those dudes look like they would they would kick your ass though. Like a a, a cow's so docile and whatnot. I mean, what do you think Dicky does in his retirement, Brandon? That's all he's doing. He's going out boxing, fucking kangaroo, right? I I don't know what you mean. Have I seen a jacked kangaroo? I saw like three when I went out just before in the in the car. So I don't. They're just everywhere. Uh, what is a non-jacked kangaroo? I don't. They're all jacked. You should come over, Brandon. I, 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 I swear, you, 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 all of you need to. It's just you need to experience this life um, as weird as as it is. Still haven't seen a snake since I moved to this new property. So that's, that's a good thing, now. Yeah, um, it's it's a matter of time. But well, I mean, we've talked about crocodiles, kangaroos. <laughs> I wonder if there's any snakes in Kissimmee, Florida. I know they've got plenty of little uh, lizards running around. That's one of my main memories from going there. But anyway, back to this match because we haven't got any commentary. This is a fan cam film from Front Row. We used to get loads of these back in the day. Proper took me back. To being a 12 year old and getting tape traders and you know getting these fan cam things from matches that you've heard so much about or read about in superstars wrestling in palace slanders a few hundred in attendance here we've got a, a heel dean ambrose wearing black trunks and boots clean shaven in the ring tells the crowd to shut up and he calls out cm punk who's at the show in the back signing autographs for fans and dean says punk hasn't got the guts to face him here Punk comes out in his street gear, says he'll face Ambrose in the main event of the show. And Norman Smiley turns up out of nowhere. I mean, yes. I assume... 10 out of 10 already, this match. <laughs> um, it's not even part of the match. 10 out of 10. I'm assuming he was some kind of authority figure for FCW. I don't know whether anybody watching FCW at the time remembers Norman Smiley being like an authority figure for him. Well, he says that he is, and I laughed at this, the executive assistant to Steve Kern. Is that the guy's name? Yes. Yep. Yes. Skinner. Yeah. Skinner, yes. <laughs> ah, there you go. He's, so he's not, his, he's not, um, yeah, he's, he's not the assistant of, you know, whatever. He's not, it's like the office thing, assistant regional manager, you're assistant to the regional manager. So mm. he's, He's the executive assistant to Steve Kern. That's what Norman Smiley says. Hey, he'll be a, he'll be a WrestleCon, by the way, in, in Philly. If you if you want to ask him this question, uh, Steve Kern or Norman Smiley or both or uh, both. everyone, everyone. Yeah, I'll, I'll 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 pay my twenty five bucks and ask him that question. <laughs> by you the should, way, yeah. that Norman that Norman Smiley polo looked absolutely unbearable to wear. It looked. <laughs> Especially in that Florida heat. Oh my god! You ever wore a polo like that? You just sweat right through it. It's the worst fabric ever. Like, ah, uh, horrible, horrible. But not no, Norman just, Smiley. Yeah, <laughs> Norman Smiley looks like he endure, he can endure through that 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 chaos. Not me. I would be swimming in sweat if I wore a polo like that. But but continue. So he says. You know, Norman Smiley basically makes the match. I don't want to skip ahead. I just assumed you're going to probably skip over this part anyway. Yeah. But he like says he's going to make I, the match, and then he and then he does and then he does his the, he does the wiggle. Is that no. what it was called in WCW? The big wiggle. Yeah, 
Yeah, Norman and Smiley I wrote here Norman in Smiley. my exactly. I wrote here in my notes. Eagles has peaked. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it. It's I, it's, it's over now. I, isn't it? I now we've seen the Norman Smiley wiggle. It's over. I look, man. When we started this podcast, if you'd have told me at the start, at some point during this, we would see the Norman Smiley wiggle, I wouldn't have believed you. And I absolutely wouldn't have thought it was on this episode. So there you go. Episode four, we peaked. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm glad we surprised you. Yeah. So what's interesting here, obviously, the, the match gets set for the main event. Crowd's red hot here. Might only be a few hundred, but they are, they're pretty loud, this Florida crowd. And uh, just for context here, because obviously the camera cuts off and we come back for the main event, but... Punk's a bona fide WWE main eventer at this point. This is like just after the summer of Punk and obviously the Cena and Kevin Nash, Kevin Nash matches. Irrelevant what you think of those, Punk is like a bona fide WWE main eventer at this point. So I'd say it's a pretty big deal for Punk to go down and face Moxie. Clearly he must have seen something in Mox, wanted to give him the superstar rub and obviously the crowd's red hot for this because we see all these quote-unquote WWE superstars shipping off to NXT now and giving everyone the rub, but I, I don't think this was a common thing at the time, really, Brandon. I'm not surprised, because he, he isn't he known to, like, give guys the rub like that, that they see potential and will not let, especially that he gets along with, right? Mm. Yeah, Interesting I think that he's he, getting he, along with Mox at this point. He, yeah, he, he very much comes across as somebody who wants to be, like, a mentor to the younger guys. Until like, they fuck him over. He, well, and, or until they, until he feels like they're not listening to him or they're not, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like, it's that whole, it was that whole, at the brawl out, it was, you know, these guys haven't done anything. And it's like talking about the young bucks and stuff, like they've done nothing. And, and it's kind of like, you know, clearly, Clearly, he always wants to be in that position, but that—that's it's almost like a position of power, though. You know, where mm. it's like, you know, take advice from me because I've done it all, kind of thing. And then if somebody doesn't, or they're just like, ah, it's all good, or whatever, which seems to be a common thing in AEW, because even Tully Blanchard said the same thing. He's like, no one really asked me about stuff, um, <laughs> which I was like, that's ridiculous. Why they wouldn't? But. But yeah, so he, he, this seems to be a thing that he likes to do. But yeah, he's easily kind of, I guess, turns on people if they, uh, I don't know, don't he turns appeal on to people him. more than Big Show. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, Guevara at I, this point. That's right. I wanted, oh. I wanted to make mention just in this opening section before the match starts and they were setting up the main event. CM Punk, he's up on the ring apron and then he, he's, he like, I guess it's not really a springboard, but he does the the hop, you know, over the top rope. Kind of springboards himself over the top rope into the ring and completely almost fucking stacks. Can't get his feet up over the rope. Mm. Almost almost stacks it. And I thought, and I wrote here, this is the origin story to CM Punk constantly having a battle with springboards to the point where he... <laughs> breaks his foot in AEW. And even in one of these Dean Ambrose matches later on, he does this terrible springboard off the off the uh, turnbuckles. And I'm just like, man, this just seems to be this guy's Achilles heel. 
Or like, you think he'd give up doing them by now, don't you? Perhaps he wants to master it. He's like, I'll, I'll take as many broken feet as possible. I just need to master this springboard before I retire. For like, for like, such a great performer. He is so unathletic. Like when when he came back, like, and he was still trying to do the GTS on like bigger people. I was like, why? You're a submission guy now. Why don't you just have your finisher be a, a choke or something? Like, there's no need to be like trying Hand to on get, device. Yeah, yeah, trying to get like. Uh, uh, Wardlow up for a freaking go to sleep GTS. Like, it's not necessary. Like, <laughs> save your body some trouble, some the mileage. Like, you know, dive into the submission element of your, of your, uh, of your life now. Like, uh, I, I, I don't know. He, he, I mean, like, great performer, but so unathletic. And, like, he was, he has skills in other places. Like, he shouldn't be doing, like, freaking, uh, <laughs> tumbles off the turnbuckle or stuff like that. Like, I digress. So, luckily, Punk survived that springboard, and we're in the main event because he's back out here in his proper gear. And Ambrose gets the early advantage with a DDT and an STF, and Punk counters with a snapmare. They trade blows as the crowd cheer Punk and Boo Ambrose. Punk hits a kick to the head as both men are down. Flurry of clotheslines from Punk, followed by a top rope one for good measure. Punk goes up top again, and this crowd is rabid. He hits the Macho Man elbow for the two count. I don't think he ever got a free with that, did he? It was always, you know, wrecking his knees for um, all these two counts off this Macho Man elbow. And oh, then <laughs> Punk throws Ambrose into the corner, who then sandwiches the ref, our first ref bump here. Sharpshooter by Punk with Ambrose frantically tapping out to an unconscious referee. Punk goes to revive the ref and gets a low blow from Dean. Dean then goes for the pin, but the ref's still asleep. Another ref's out, and Punk kicks out at one. Crowd goes absolutely crazy. Ambrose knocks this new ref out and tosses him from the ring. Crowd's chanting, you suck, Ambrose. Mox then, sorry, Ambrose grabs a wrench from under the ring, but Punk has his own low blow for Mox. He hits the go to sleep, and the ref is suddenly up. Counts one, two, three. Crowd goes crazy. Chants one more time. Punk obliges with another go to sleep. Seth Rollins is straight out here cheerleading for Punk, which is hilarious. And Punk says he came from OVW. He wants to put over the kids in the back, especially Dean Ambrose. So, very short match. I don't think we even got the full match here on the fan cam. It kind of starts no. sort of like midway through here. But still interesting look, because obviously this is FCW, not NXT. Like I said before, it's not common main eventers like Punk to be going down and doing stuff like this and... Punk clearly like Moxley giving him a match was a big deal. And Mox obviously nowhere near the wrestler he is today. So just really interesting seeing this first interaction between the two of them, Dickie. Yeah, quads on this one, five out of ten quads. On, Maybe uh, a three. Dean Ambrose. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he, he'd, he'd bulk up bulk up later. Uh, you know, de- definitely should have been uh, in the pants uh, in, in, in this era. Um, but... <laughs> But I mean, yeah, I I have a, you know a few things to touch on. I mean, the this early Ambrose, and I mean Ambrose, because this is the first match that we've actually seen since the CZW um, match that mm. we reviewed. Um, so that it's kind of like the, it's close enough together to sort of be thinking that they're quite the same person, sort of thing. And his his strikes when he's like striking CM Punk is they're out of control, and they were not like that in that CCW match. So they clearly 
teaching them something down there. Um, I guess that's going to be leading into his pretty much his whole WWE character, which is you're crazy. You're, you know, and, mm. and you're, and when you punch people, you do it as if, you know, you're, and I think he tones it down a bit later on when he's Dean Ambrose, but here they were just like, they, they looked comical because it just, you know, swings back so, so far, but then, you know, these kind of like pulls back punches and all that sort of stuff. What, but, did, you um, think, what, did, you, what did you think of his gear? I, I mean, uh, go, go back to the, go back to the crazy thing. You saw the maniacal look he got when he pulled out that wrench and uh, under the, under the ring. Yeah, I mean, all I could think of is this is a fucking House of Torture match I was watching at this point. <laughs> all the ref bumps and the low blows and the mm. wrenches and shit. Um, but I was I was also watching this with uh, with with Poison Rana family member Chris Leone, uh, Brandon's favorite person. Awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, he he actually pointed out that it wasn't just Seth, Roll- Seth Rollins around the ringside, but uh, the late, great Bray Wyatt was also right. there uh, ringside as, as well. And I guess he was uh, a Husky Harris at this point, maybe, or, or, or something. And, um, and yeah, just, uh, just a, a very, very strange match. I thought Punk f- physically looked really good as in his appearance. I, you know, this is, this is the punk that I think a lot of people remember. Like he, he really had an aura about him. And Mm. obviously the, the next things that we will talk about, we would say that that had somewhat disappeared. Um, but yeah, the, the, I guess the, the, the afterwards, the after, the aftermath of this was just, I don't know if you guys have seen Ikamanjiro in DDT, uh, and he does this entrance where it's he he basically just teases getting into the ring and never does for his entire entrance song. Right. So for about five minutes, he just dances around, blah blah blah, and all this sort of stuff. I felt this was the opposite with Punk. He just would not fucking get out of the ring and leave like he was just <laughs> running around and just doing snow angels and and then he'd get the mic and then and then play his music again i'm like fuck off um it looked like he was different autograph signing he was, he was. That's why, well, yeah he was there for the autograph signing but maybe, then obviously maybe that's they why, maybe that's why he was this. maybe that's why he was dancing and stuff like that he was waiting for uh, the autograph signing to start <laughs> <laughs> right. Is that what he does when he starts an autograph signing? Just starts dancing. <laughs> well, he also said at the start in the in the promo for the main event that he he doesn't know what to do on days off. He's a busybody, and I'm mm. like, geez, seven years that he took off must have been fucking. You must have been really bored. Oh yeah. Because I think this is even before he's with AJ Lee, isn't it? So he's obviously like, I know, I'll go down to FCW and show these guys what's up. But um, yeah, I've got to agree with you on that. He he definitely doesn't look like he's been ground down by WWE at this point. He still looks like, yeah, I'm here and I'm and I'm happy to be here at this point, don't he? But it's it's going to be very different uh, later on in the I show. Mean, and he's also sure. happy. He's also happy with his merch. I mean, because at this time he's getting he has good shirts and stuff like that before mm. he. Uh, before he goes to the AEW machine and uh, <laughs> gets horrible gear, although although his gear is not bad over there, but uh, 
you know, everybody else has sucked. But go on, continue. Did you own any WWE CM Punk merch? Nah, I did not. I, I owned no. the Bray Wyatt. I own the Bray Wyatt shirt though, and it was before they switched over to Fanatics, so the 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 shirt felt so like cumbersome and, and uncomfortable, and like especially in the heat, you would just sweat right through it, and the fabric just felt like terrible. Like the Fanatics, that uh, you know, you know, they get the softer fabric now and whatnot. And uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I, that was the only WWE. Right. We at at Chop Tees, we offer both uh, the heavy cotton and the soft cotton t-shirts. Beautiful. There you go. So if you're a heavy sweater like Brandon, then definitely go for (laughs) it. Especially when I'm I'm going through my anxiety, I I sweat right through like a suit or something like that at a a wedding or a court appearance. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Why are you turning up to a court appearance in a Bray Wyatt t-shirt anyway? But anyway... (laughs) That'd be awesome if you turn up to a court appearance in a Bray Wyatt mask. <laughs> oh my god! If it's jury duty, you should probably do that. I don't think they'll get they'll select you. Oh uh, yeah, that's a good that's a good call. Like, if you want to get out of jury duty, you just turn up in a fiend mask. Yeah, it's that or pretend to be racist, right? <laughs> New, yeah, like Larry David. Um, anyway, moving on to uh, we're on main roster WWE now and. The Shield team of Ambrose, Reigns, and Rollins debut at the end of 2012. Aligned with Punk and Al in his matches, Punk on the Colt Cabana pod says the Shield was his idea. They wanted to give him a group, but it was going to include the likes of Big Show. And Punk said, no, no. What about we get some FCW guys like Ambrose, Rollins, and Chris Hero? Mm. And they agreed, but they said, nah, Roman Reigns instead of Hero. How do you think Hero would have got on in the Shield, Brandon? Do you think uh, it's just an interesting feat if they had gone? Oh yeah, we'll let you have Chris Hero with that. Do you think that it would have been as successful a group because perhaps WWE wouldn't have been as invested in it because they were so invested in trying to get Roman Reigns over, weren't they? Uh, absolutely. I mean, that's the mission statement because like you see Roman Reigns and he just looked like a freaking Greek god. But um, Chris Hero was in good shape at this time, so. And with his mind, his wrestling mind, I mean, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't be, I, I don't think it would be the same, but I just, I don't know. It, like, you listen to his interviews and stuff, he's, he's got such a, like, wonderful mind for wrestling and stuff like that. Like, his knowledge is, is ridiculous, like, and, and, and booking and stuff like that. So, uh, I'm in the middle. I don't know. Uh, it might have gone over, but it, it it's not the same with Roman though in the Shield. So uh, I'm, yeah, it's, I'm, and, it, and it, it's it's a WWE problem. It's not a Chris Hero problem. I don't I don't think you know. He, I think I think you're right. Like it's just a doomed thing anyway because they wouldn't have been in, as invested in it if it if if he was in it, and that's not really his fault. That's yeah, because he would have had some banging spot. matches. I mean, I remember his indie run, especially when he was coming over here to the UK a few years back, and he was just having banger after banger. So, yeah, it wouldn't have been an issue in the ring. But it's like you're saying, that WWE system at that time, would it have really worked for him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can't, can't really and, see and even it working you say out. He, he'd have good matches, but I don't think maybe he really would in the WWE system at that time. In on and we'll talk about it on some of these TV matches. What what they what the formula was like at that time, you know, kind of thing. It's 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 hard to really see him be uh, given that creative freedom to to have one of those matches on WWE TV. 
Yeah, the, the, yeah. I mean, the, the the formula is to make Roman the muscle of the group and stuff like that. And, and I don't I don't see Chris Hero uh, being that uh, that that type of uh, of uh, archetype for that for that mission statement. Yeah, because at the time, and obviously we'll get more into the shield in future episodes. Um, but like it was, I remember reading and everything and watching, and everyone was like, "Oh, coming out of FCW, Ambrose is going to be the guy because he's great on the mic, and you know, and he, he's got more about him than the other two seemingly have." I don't, I don't think you were watching at this time, were you, Dickie? So maybe not sort of like the best person to sort of like talk on at the time, whether it, a lot of people had a lot more faith in in Ambrose being the breakout star from the Shield. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it, it's it, it, like I was saying with the Chris Hero thing. It's it's it doesn't matter. It's mm. it's who it's who they want. And I mean, we, and again, and we'll we'll talk about it on these. But you know, he was the one that got fed to CM Punk um, in order to. I mean, I don't know. I don't, did CM Punk go uh, and have matches with Rollins, singles matches with Rollins and Roman leading up to this TLC? Yeah, he had singles matches with all of them, yeah. Did CM Punk beat all of them? Mm, I think he beat Rollins. I'm not sure about Roman. Yeah, so, uh, I know, you know, it's just like Dean is the US champion and it's just like, but it's like, oh, you know, we'll just have to, you know, we got to, we got to build to this match, though, you know, beat them and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, it, it's just, again, it's just based, basically what I'm trying to say is like they knew who they wanted to push and that was it. So it doesn't, you know, it could have been, Dean could have been anybody, but yeah. it's just, you, you're going to be slotted and that's, and that's it. More just a utility guy. Yeah, because we are jumping to December 2013 and this is the Raw After Survivor Series, which kicked off this feud between Punk and The Shield with The Shield attacking Punk after he was trying to save Daniel Bryan from being taken hostage by the Wyatt family. And because this is around the time The Shield are aligned with the authority, which is Triple H, Stephanie McMahon and Kane, of all people. And Kane is the the freaking... What was his... uh... What is moniker? <laughs> Michael Cole cut spilling it. Uh, came came from Spain, I think is moniker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, like that's a callback. Cool now with a sombrero and stuff. Came <laughs> the came the Secretary of Defense of the of the Authority or whatever. I don't know. But... Yeah, it was something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, what, yeah. Then the Shield debut. Uh, who did they tri- who did they triple power bomb? Was it was it Punk or was it, who was it Ryback? Because they were helping Punk out, weren't they? So it was, that's it was, right. They yes. kept triple bombing like any opponent of Punk's, and that was the year before this, weren't it? When they were aligned with Punk, it was the cage match, right? When yeah. Punk was with uh, with uh, Heyman, right? But this is around is the that, time everyone's that... sick of the authority stuff, aren't they? Around this time, especially sort of like because it just dominated WWE television, didn't it? The authority seemed to be involved in everything with the Wyatts, Daniel Bryan, the Shield, Punk, and it just seemed to dominate WWE TV around this time. Ah, uh, I wasn't really watching at this time, I guess, but I do remember hearing that this was just miserable and actually. Well, I, I shouldn't say I wasn't I wasn't watching it this time because this just continued. This authority thing just was actually mm. <laughs> when I did start Drags watching, they were still there. <laughs> yeah, when 
back in, I mean, because I guess Seth ends up becoming that that guy when he when he wins the championship, right? He's mm. the the corporate champion or, or, or whatever. Um, it's it's just the McMahon's, you know. Ever since ever since Vince and Stone Cold, they just couldn't not have McMahon authority figures being the 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 heels. The problem is, is it just didn't really work anymore, you know. No, yeah, everyone had been sick to death for it at this point because they set up a handicap match with a three-on-one that set up for TLC. But before that, Punk. Sorry, was that the was that the Wyatts versus uh, Daniel Bryan at TLC? Because there was there was two three-on-one handicap matches on the same fucking show. I could not believe it. I went to Cage Match (laughs) to look at the rating for this, and my eyes scrolled down to a bit where it says three-on-one handicap match. I'm like, oh well, here it is. Looked at the rating, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then saw, wait a minute, what, the Wyatts and Daniel? I'm like, this company, man, what the fuck? Yeah, they love doing these uh, these handicap matches around this time. But before that, they had Punk take on the individual members on episodes of Raw and SmackDown leading into the pay-per-view, and he had two matches with Ambrose. Obviously, like you noted earlier, Dickie Ambrose is the US champion. He beat Kofi Kingston at Extreme Rules. And so we're going to... <laughs> Going to the first of these, SmackDown on December the 6th in Oklahoma. Have you ever been to Oklahoma, Brandon? I feel like we can have a tour of the States with Brandon during these episodes. Is, is that a place you've ever ever been to? Is it just the sound quality or are you saying Oklahoma? Yeah, Oklahoma. How do you say it? Oklahoma. <laughs> I, to Brandon, check, over to you. I have been to Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Uh Going back next year, uh, Tulsa. Tulsa's a pretty, pretty cool town. Good barbecue. Uh, it's not, I wouldn't live there because <laughs> a lot of hate in that state. But uh, uh, it's it, it's cool. It's a cool uh, time to visit. They have that Route 66 that's uh, worth a visit to, uh, where you see all the old school gas stations and and stuff like that. It's just one road that leads to uh, California if you drive far, far enough on it. But uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a good time. And so Brandon, what, what is what is a boomer sooner? Jr. <laughs> Jr. <laughs> I mean, it's just a chant you hear at that the Oklahoma football game. Uh-huh. Okay, all right. So, why have you been to OKC? Is that better for you, Dickie? So many times. Don't ask been... me. I, I'm not, well, I don't live in the U.S. But, <laughs> well, I, I did used to actually live in the U.S. But no, I, I never went to uh, the OKC, uh, Oklahoma. Uh, but uh, Brandon, did you? Why Why have I gone to Tulsa? Because they have like uh, an amateur wrestling. They have a tournament called Tulsa right. World where they have a lot of little kids go to. And, uh, uh, and uh, it's one of the toughest kids tournaments in the country. And uh yeah, we go go there to get some good competition out there. It's it's, it's a good time. Is Jr. there at these times? No, but uh, you know who uh, used to, you know who used to be there. The the uh, what's his, the guy's Bill name? Watts. <laughs> Bill Watts. Bill Watts. Son. No, wouldn't it be uh, Jerry Jerry Briscoe or something? Huh? <laughs> He's been there before, uh, but um. Hmm. But um, who's the wrestler that used to squeeze the the apple? Uh, he's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Carlito. Carlito, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, but he he. Why was he there? Of all the yeah, people he... to be in 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 this place. <laughs> it's just uh, he lives. He's from Oklahoma, so and he's the Oklahoma legacy legends. Who the guy that squeezed who? the apple? But like, yeah, no. who? Who are you talking about? <laughs> I, I forgot. Who is name. this guy? No, squeezes the apple. It's not Carlito. Whoever he's on the bar is not Carlito. <laughs> no. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, but anyway, now we've completely confused everybody. Back into this match, December the sixth, SmackDown. In OKC. Danny Hodge. It was Danny Hodge who used to go. To right. Play. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Danny Hodge, of course it was. You used to get a Infamous. picture with him. You used to get a picture with him. Yeah. And no, like the people would get pictures with him. And he would do it on command. He would squeeze the, the apple. Wow. What he was doing it in his 80s. Wow. Impressive. Impressive. So, Anyway. So anyway, we've got Cole and JBL on commentary, which they commentated all this during this period. And this is the infamous match where it was talked a lot about over Christmas, especially on Poison Rana, where Punk defecated himself, tweeting, just shit my riches, please, RT. And then, obviously, WWE weren't very happy about that, so he deleted that and put, this poop just ain't funny anymore. And he said he was ill and pumped full of antibiotics. He gave him too much of the Z part, and Punk said he was dry heaving, having to do European tours around this time, needed some time off, but they just uh, kept giving him more and more antibiotics and he had diarrhea for weeks. So, But before we get into that, because obviously that happens in the midst of the match, how do you think Punk looks coming out here? Based on all that we know now, he looks so... I mean, he's fine, I think, when they're actually doing the match itself, but when he comes out for the entrance, and I watched a couple of the promos they did for these prior to the match, backstage and he just looks so run down and, and it's so interesting now you know all this this stuff dicky yeah uh, so it's funny because it's like when i saw him in that fcw match and i said you know like physically even even when it comes to just to his face and everything like that's that's sort of how he well how he should look let's say and i always used to just think it was because of the the mutton chops kind of facial Mm. facial hair hair change you know that that he made because I wasn't a fan um but I actually think it's a bit of a combination of both um because he does look really gaunt and sick and like like for a man who doesn't drink or do drugs he sure as fuck looks like he does at Mm. this point you know the, the bags under his eyes, just yeah. And and I mean, he at, during this whole storyline point, I mean, he's selling his ribs. I guess uh, Roman Reigns speared him or or something. Um, but you know, you could kind of almost think that maybe uh, it's not just a a sell job because he you know he's he's constantly just like bending over and just like holding his his sides and stuff and all that very much of a of a person who has had uh has has had his spirit beaten out of him yeah dr um, dr chris ammon isn't really helping him out huh allegedly let's <laughs> <laughs> let's that's in big uh, Brand, <laughs> Yeah, Brand, Brandon, uh, just so you know, podcasts can be sued. So uh, my carefully. bad. Allegedly. P- p- a parody satire. Parody satire. What did you think of CM Punk's facial, Wolverine facial hair? Well, Dickie didn't like yeah, it. I, he didn't I, like the modern chops. Yeah, yeah. I, 
Um, I just I just said, Brandon, that uh, what are you doing? Are you like watching a, a no no a sports sporting event from like two months? <laughs> I apologize. I, I, I just want to say that I couldn't stand his facial hair during this period either. He looked like, he looked like a, a Civil War vet with that, uh, that face. Yes. Yeah, nah, yeah no good. Dickie alluded to it there. The story of this match and all the singles matches they had around this time before we got into TLC was the injured ribs from the attack by the Shield the <laughs> other week that set off this feud. And uh, yeah, pretty basic TV match here. We, we get sort of like, it's what's interesting about watching these two matches is it's completely different for me. I'd say watching Dean Ambrose compared to the TV matches Mox has today in AEW. Obviously, people are going, "Well, because he don't bleed." Yeah, there is that, but then you know, I, I feel like it's slightly different uh, wrestler here. You know, we're not really getting that brawling Moxie. You know, it's it's more of a they keep it in the ring. There's a lot of sort of like arm bars, keeping it grounded, and the finish comes with Punk hitting a Pele kick and he gestures for the go to sleep, but Ambrose counters, throws Punk into the turnbuckles, followed by a roll-up for a close two, and Dean looks mad here, but Funk finally hits the go to sleep and gets the win. But my big question for you is here, Brandon, could you tell at what point Funk could actually shit himself into this match? Because I couldn't. I couldn't either, man. I, I was looking. I, I I did like the Sapruder film type of a of a scenario with this match. I kept on uh, rewinding it and to the left, rewinding it to the left, and looking for any chemtrails or any fecal matter on the canvas or uh, <laughs> anything of the sort like that. And I I couldn't find <laughs> shit <anything>. particles. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't find nothing of the sort. Like. Uh, was this all urban legend or was this uh, rumor mongering because they hated punk at this time? <laughs> so, no, he so said I found it. I, I found it. You have to you have to turn the display black and white and then turn the contrast up and then you can see wow. the shit. Um, yeah. Nah. You know, you um, know, know what I know? This is Zodiac Killer. You know what I also noticed during this uh, this match? Like, Michael Cole was like, you know, during the commercial break, you go to the WWE app and watch the match. I mean, he I, was what, such a robot. Were they were they like ahead of their time? Was the WWE app AEW Plus? Like, so I could I could keep watching the show through w, the WWE app, and then I could get to the end of the show, and and we can actually watch uh, Rampage. I mean, the the dark matches. So I Maybe. think at the time they were, it was some sort of like. Ju- they were going through, actually, a lot of companies were doing this at the time. They were going through this phase of the dual screen experience. Um, so you were supposed to watch Raw and then, like, on your iPad or something, go to the WWE app and it would, like, be synced up with stuff. So I don't know if that's kind of what they were referring to, whether, like, during the commercial breaks or whatever. But, like, there's no way that you could watch this on 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 the WWE app because, you know, it's the rights to, you know, have USA network have the, whoever had SmackDown at the time. I don't know, but, um, but yeah, they would, they were trying all sorts of very strange things. And then, uh, you know, luckily at some point, Nick Khan came in and said, fuck all that shit, just sell, sell the crap, sell the network to someone else. Mm. Yeah. They were, they were definitely in the, in the years, Past this as well, past 2013, they were trying all sorts of different stuff to get, get engagement. But 
Well, the the network's about to launch as well, right? Like mm. it's next year's WrestleMania, and this is December, so we're about four months away from the actual WWE Network launching on, I guess, the WWE app. So, it, you yeah, know what? I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say they're just like heavily into this, you know, pushing this digital age that they would eventually give up on. You know what I? You know what else I noticed though when the the punker was coming out, there was this lovely woman in a in a crop top. She she looked absolutely incredible. But uh, uh, that was also what I noticed also. So fun TV match here. <laughs> nothing, nothing to write home about really. I mean, like I noted before, the difference now between Ambrose and Mox now in AEW, you wouldn't see him really have a match like this anymore. This is a straight up sort of like you know basic wrestling match by the numbers, but. Still decent for what Doody were doing on TV at the time, I feel, Brandon. Yeah, I mean, it, it was fine. I, I mean, I, this year, I, looking back, it's just such a boring product, though, man. All these wrestlers. Mm. Like I, 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 there was, there's, there were, there was like no competition for them to step up at this time either. So, like, uh, I mean, you had still had ND and ROH and stuff like that, but uh, it was nothing like AEW is now or whatever. So they can they can go to this type of bullshit type of wrestling. Uh, how it's sustained is amazing still, but uh, yeah. But it's uh, even I'll- it's even worse, right? Because it's SmackDown. Yes, and weren't weren't they at this? And I mean, we we have the perfect example here. But weren't they at this point? Basically, SmackDown and Raw was pretty much the same show, and they mm. were just doing rematches. Oh yeah, on one and then the other, and then horrible. Oh, and they'd be doing the same match like thirty times during the month, right before the pay per view, right? Yeah, but like, like, and again, this is the the perfect example because. Uh, some, you know, on the next WWE show, basically, they did this match again, um, which I thought when I watched this, because CM Punk wins and he beats the US champ in a non-title match, I just made the dumb assumption that the Raw match would then be for the US title, and it wasn't. (laughs) <laughs> so like I'm like, what the fuck was and I just and then and then yeah, it occurred to me that during this period of time, in the in in the same week, you are just getting the two matches because SmackDown, I I guess they thought of it as like this truncated version of Raw. And no one really watches SmackDown, they only watch Raw. So we'll just do the same thing on on both but of course it's it's only two hours so this match was a lot shorter and a lot shitter than the raw match <laughs> yeah because raw like you know they just did the same match again on december 9th they're at key arena in seattle been here in 2002 to see the sonics against the nets brilliant time had a great time in seattle yeah wonderful city Oh, great coffee, yeah. Obviously known for its coffee, but uh, yeah, really missed the Do you have the Sonoma wine also out there? Uh, no. I don't think I was old enough to drink in uh, America at this time. And what's the drinking age in your country? 18, right? 18, yeah. I I think I was, uh, yeah, I would have been 20. And obviously it's very strict, isn't it, out there? So uh, Mm -hmm. 
no drinking for me. I got asked if I wanted some ice a few times and some X and whatever, some some kids on uh, on bikes, but uh, I didn't dabble in any of that. Thankfully, maybe they thought you were David Draymond and you were selling drugs. At the- <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually had some hair back then, Brandon. So uh, mm. yeah. Anyway, so December the 9th for us, Seattle. They've also got the Slammies on this row, which the Shield oh. did it. Won a load of Slammies. They won Faction of the Year, Breakout Star of the Year, Hashtag of the Year with Believe in the Shield, and Maneuver Sorry. of the Year. So- Sorry, the Trending Now Hashtag of the Year Award. Hashtag Believe in the Shield. Martin, I watch these episodes on a service here in this country called binge. We don't have the WWE network anymore. We got peacocked, but it's a a service called binge. And when you go to the year, which was 2013, they don't have dates on any of the, the episodes. They're numbered from one to 52. That's rubbish. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. It's like that on the peacock over here. Uh, I was very fortunate that these happened in December because it wasn't too hard to just count backwards. Um, I'd be completely fucked if this was just some random date in July. I'd probably just tell you, sorry, I'm not doing this episode. Um, but I still had to, I guess, double check my math, even though it is literally 52 minus Four, I think, was what it was. Um, because when I started playing this, I'm like, this is an award show? And, of course, my brain immediately thought that in 2013 that they would fill an entire three-hour Raw with just an award ceremony and that there was no wrestling. So I had to – I was like, no, surely not. And then I sort of skipped ahead. I'm like, okay, there is wrestling on the show. Okay, and here is, here is the um, match. They're really getting into this. This is where they're, they're trying to get into the crux of the story for uh, TLC here, that there's going to be, you know, that there's the Shield on all on the same page. Because, you know, we have, a, we have a decent match, but it's really about the ending here because Ambrose is out here with Roman and Seth, whereas he isn't on the SmackDown match. And um, it gets towards the end of the match and um, Punk's on the outside and Rollins and Roman look like they're about to, you know, go in and attack Punk. But Dean gets in the faces and says, he's got this, he don't need their help. They argue a little bit and Dean throws Punk back in the ring. The Shield go to the back as Punk hits a quick roll up. Punk can hits the go to sleep for the win. So obviously he did need Rollins and Roman's help. He didn't have this. But obviously that distraction and, you know, and, and these arguments that we've seen with him, this is leading into TLC where I think the whole idea was that it might be a three-on-one match, but Punk's getting the shield to start arguing with each other and, and maybe and maybe break up, which is kind of what this match was, was trying to get across here, Brandon. Yeah, um, uh, absolutely. He's he's using that, uh, that uh, psycholo- psychology that he has uh, to... Uh, bring some uh, dissension in the ranks of the shield. Uh, so he's chipping away one piece at a time and whatnot. But, uh, you know, you know, while that's happening, I noticed uh, Roman Reigns is facial here in this, in this uh, run, uh, that goatee. What do you, what did you think of that? That look, <laughs> I didn't really notice it. So I've got no thoughts on that. What, what is it? <laughs> like a you young lion. Some kind of that. facial hair. It looked like a young lion with that goatee. I don't know. 
<laughs> I, I, I will say on the Roman Reigns thing, like, because I watched SmackDown earlier today, and this man walks out and he's just, just great. Sorry, I watched SmackDown 2024 <clears throat> today. <laughs> Um, and 2013 today, but mm. the 2024 Roman Reigns looks like, oh man, this guy is just so cool. You know, he yeah. really is like, he's just, I think he's just the greatest. And we all know what Roman Reigns was like back, back then, you know, it, well, especially when he, they were trying to get him over his baby face. But even in this period of time, like, oh man, like his mannerisms, like he was doing so much like overacting and mm. stuff. And it was just like, dude, just be cool. You're like literally in the coolest group in this company right now. Just be cool. Be cool. Like you are in 2024, you know, nine years, sorry, bad maths, 11 years from now. Right. <clears throat> Actually it was, it's almost like exactly 10 years um, from now. And, you know, just be cool as school. Be, be cool as school. Even the um, – because I think before the SmackDown match, I, I watched the the promo that they had just before the match started as well. And even at Rain, uh, Rollins as well, it's just like these guys, mm. man, like they just need to – I know they, they're young and they're still like trying to figure it out and stuff like that. But, yeah, there was just so much like – so much that just really hadn't been fleshed out at this point. And I guess you could say his facial hair as well wasn't fleshed but out. It makes you, it makes you want to want to, you can't wait for that baby face run that he, uh, he's probably going to go on right after this run. Right. Well, yes, he is interesting here, isn't it? Because this is before everyone's just booing Roman because they're sick of him being rammed down the throats or whatever. This is they're booing the shield because they're, they're getting the reaction they want to because they're the heels here. So <laughs> it is interesting to, Seeing this because obviously in years after this, this Roman's just getting booed just because people don't like him rather than booing him for his character sort of thing. So it is interesting seeing seeing that here. But obviously Punk has said that he's, you know, he, he says in promos leading into TLC, he's trying to expose their weaknesses, trying to get them to turn on each other. And that leads us to the big handicap match three on one. The Shield against CM Punk, December the 15th at the Toyota Center in Houston, home of the Houston Rockets, Brandon. Absolutely. Uh, 2013, the, that was the James Harden year, right? Was it? Or were they still in the in the dregs of the uh, Tracy McGrady Yao Ming era here, maybe? Maybe. I think, I think uh, they're, they get, I think they got out of that, uh, now they won 54 games that year with uh, oh, wow. Pat Beverly, Omir Asik, <laughs> Chandler Park. Yeah, this was James Harden. Uh, Amri Caspi was on this roster too. So uh, the Rockets were flying high in this era. They were, but then they could never quite get there, could they? Sort of choked on the final hurdle every time. Yeah, they, the, the total total uh, playoff chokers. Uh, James Harden. I've known I, as a sixer, I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> so into the match here, and uh, obviously I noted there they are getting the reaction that they want for the Shield. They're getting booed hey, uh, as, as eels. Before you continue, uh, the, the Slammy Awards. Do you think you think these guys still have them, or <laughs> do they just like pick them? Yeah, they'll be in that warehouse. You know, now and again you'll see like some guy who's gone around the warehouse and he'll post Twitter. He'll post pic- pictures on Twitter of like. 
different sets and stuff. I bet they had to give them back, and I bet they're in some WD warehouse along with everything else. Oh, uh, like along with the Elite XC Dragon that that the UFC has in their warehouse. Uh, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, exactly like that. Well, well, well now, now they've merged the two warehouses, you know, because of cost oh, yeah. synergies. <laughs> Just the super warehouse now. So, what did you think to Rollins' hair at this point, uh, Brandon? He had he was going with the half and half, weren't he? He had the uh, yeah, half bleached, half uh, half dyed black. Tyler Tyler Black or Ring of Honor, right? Yeah, I, I, isn't he greasy he... as fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it, it did have a lot of grease in it. Just looking back and whatnot, but uh, and hold it up, but uh. Uh, didn't he? Didn't he sort of go back to this uh, uh, a year a year ago or something like that too? I I, I dug the look. It, it shows like like how they're differentiating each guy. Like uh, Roman mm. had the goatee, Dean had the uh, the, the the vest and the jeans and uh, the the earring. He had he had an earring. He had the dangling. <laughs> yeah. He had the earring and uh, <laughs> and uh, Rollins had the the gold the gold uh, in the hair and whatnot. And, and the, the it, I, I love how you're you're. You're slowly like showing that each each character's different uh different character sets and whatnot that that they're not. It, it just not. looks like he 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 fell asleep in the sun for like <laughs> days. On on he fell asleep on one side of his face. And his hair just went blonde. <laughs> it's like ro- it's like Rogue from X Men. Oh yeah, she it is the, actually yeah. She had the white in, in their hair for after she got a. Uh, uh, something happened there. I don't know. I forgot, but uh, yeah, it, it was it was cool. It was a cool look for him for this time period. Yeah, um, but it's it's obviously it's a one on three handicap. Members of the Shield had to stand on the apron to wait to be tagged in. Punk hits three neck breakers on Rollins in the corner of the ring where the others aren't. So we're getting kind of a different, you know. Obviously, in a tag match, they try and cut off the ring, and Punk's doing the same thing here, but it's it's slightly different to what we used to. Get a couple of minutes of that, Punk on the offense, then the Shield is able to gain control. Reigns goes outside for an attack, but Punk moves and Reigns goes flying over the announce table. He gets back in the ring before he's he's counted out here. Reigns starts selling an eye injury that Punk goes straight after. Rollins tags in, destroys Punk with a kick to the head, and then Punk shoves Ambrose off the apron and hits a roundhouse kick on Rollins for a two-count. Punk's alone with Rollins as he hits a running knee, clothesline, and then a crossbody off the top rope. He then applies the Anaconda Vice, but Ambrose runs in and makes the save. Ambrose tags in while Reigns is still outside being looked at by a doctor for this eye injury that he's got. And then they fight on the top rope with Punk knocking Ambrose down with a headbutt. And there's a flying elbow off the top, the macho man flying elbow. Rollins tries to interfere, but then Punk hits him with a go to sleep. Punk then goes after Ambrose. Ambrose avoids the GTS. Reigns is back in with his dodgy eye. Hits, goes for a spear, but Punk moves. Hits the spear on Ambrose. Punk throws Reigns out of the ring and covers Ambrose for the one, two, three. And Punk's interactions, I feel, with Rollins are the best out of the three here. They're the ones that he doesn't interact with, uh, which is interesting for the potential match they're going to have this year. And then, obviously, the idea of the match here is that Punk sowed so much attention in the shield. They're uh, fighting each other. Which would have been interesting because I think the initial idea was that they were supposed to be going single and breaking up after this, but then that wouldn't happen for another six months. So it's kind of pointless, this whole match happening here, Dickie. 
I was fascinated by this whole thing. I mean, <clears throat> I, the, when I sort of looked into it a bit more and, you know, around this time and read some stuff, <clears throat> I kind of get it. You know, I get that they were trying to sow the dissension and, and so forth. And you bring up a good point that <clears throat> it really wasn't even needed. Um, but still, it's a three-on-one handicap match. <laughs> and I don't care how much dissension there is. Like, it wasn't like they they uh, started having a full-on brawl. It wasn't like the breakup happened during this match. They couldn't beat – the three of these guys couldn't beat – this this one guy I thought was kind of a a ballsy a ballsy move, even if they were going to split up the next night or mm. not. Um, Just makes so, them look weak, doesn't it? It's like the three of you, you know. I mean, and despite you know they they made Roman was out for most of the match with this injury, but it still makes them look a bit like dopey and weak that they couldn't even beat one guy on their own. Yeah, and I think uh, I'm pretty sure it was on the Art of Wrestling podcast because it's pretty much the only time CM Punk said anything after he left WWE and before he came back, that he he did not want to he, he did not want to win this match. <laughs> he said that he would lose to Roman, like in in this match. He he thought it was stupid and dumb. And they they just said no or whatever. He also said some shit about um, about those guys on that podcast, but we'll we'll leave that to another time. Um, but but yeah, I, I I understand what they were trying to do, um, but I just thought that it didn't. It was it was a silly outcome for mm. for for this. Does anyone know what the result of the Bray Wyatt sorry, the Wyatt family versus Daniel Bryan was it the same thing? Did Daniel <laughs> Bryan win? Did the, I did imagine the he probably did, up? yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like my question was how long were the shield together before, you know, this we start teasing this dissension but like after the well, they've been together for a year here. You're already point. trying to break them up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's exactly what they did at that time. It was any time they put two people together at a tag team, it was always the conversation was, "Well, when are we going to split them up?" Because I think I think they just figured that it was an easy feud to do. It's like you know, you you've got a sort of a built-in feud on a tag team where at some point you can break them up and then get a program out of it, I guess. And, and they just did it a lot. Ugh. Now, uh, the Wyatt family beat Daniel Bryan. Of course. <laughs> of course, is Daniel Bryan, my bad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if Daniel Bryan was six foot four, he, I think he would have won it cleanly. But uh, yeah. <laughs> he's my height, so uh, <laughs> we gotta take the, we got to take the fall from him. <laughs> You've got one extra eye than him, though. That's right. Allegedly. I also, you know what, and I also thought I didn't I didn't think it should have been, I don't know, Roman selling this eye injury as well. Mm. I, I sort of, you know, I've just been watching six weeks of Brian Danielson wrestling with an eye patch on, wrestling with Incredible. one eye, basically. Incredible. And I just, <clears throat> I look at this and I'm just like, like I get it. It's a way of kind of, subduing somebody or whatever but and i guess roman is like the they want him to be the biggest threat and so that could have you know been a reason why he wasn't as effective in this match and stuff like that but but yeah it's like it's his eye and he's just like 
He's like, oh, my eye. Oh, I can't see. <laughs> and the doctor's coming over and he's like, oh. And then the other two are getting their ass kicked. And it's just Dr. like. Dr. Chris Amon checking his eye. Allegedly. <laughs> oh, sorry. That was just out of out of habit. Wait. He gave him some antibiotics for his eye. So this was the era where they weren't nursing. They weren't uh, selling injuries either. Like Punk had that rib injury. He wasn't putting no tape on it like they do now. But mm. Yeah, yeah cause, no, no, because he, he was selling the rib injury, but I think you're not allowed to sell it during your entrance. Right. <laughs> so, so you're not allowed to wear tape because you yeah. have to look normal during your entrance. So you, I, I think it was – I don't know if it was around this time because this this e, this uh, edict was happened for for a, a while, but it was like like Bray Mysterio had like a knee injury or something, but in his entrance he still had to like come out of the ground or whatever and, and you know, like run around and all this sort of stuff and then he'd get in the ring and he'd be like, oh, my knee hurts. Until he went for that um, – hasn't he had that um, stem cell? Yeah. Stuff now, Ray. Completely exactly. repaired his knee, hasn't he? No, yes. Had a, had a whole except, little except, wrestling lifetime. Except right now he's out because he's got a knee injury. So. Oh, dear. Mm. All happens again. All those, so, un- mm-hmm. all, all those unborn children are going into your knee now. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> so Punk did have some other six-man tags against S.H.I.E.L.D. on Raw and SmackDown, but then obviously he was off. After the Rumble in 2014, he's off. Ambrose stays. So, obviously, we're going to be talking all of Punk Moxley in AEW in part two, how they've changed. But what's interesting about this whole time period, I thought, as much as it's sort of like the dregs of WWE and everyone was sick of WWE at this point, it's interesting. Obviously, Mox is on his way up, but Punk's fucked here. He's had enough interactions in the business. He's had enough of the business. So it is very interesting just to see that... um, we started off with Punk being all happy, like, yeah, I'm going to go down to FCW and help this guy, Ambrose, because I see some potential in him, to where we end at, at TLC, where Punk's just had enough and he, he don't care. He's definitely checked out at this point, I feel, Brandon. Oh, absolutely. He's uh, ready for uh, new and broader horizons in his life. He, <laughs> you can see the look in his face. like he just, he, he's, 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 <laughs> he's ready for beef sandwiches. Yeah, he's ready. <laughs> He's ready to visit uh, the bear and uh, have some beef sandwiches. Uh, he, he'd rather be anywhere in the world than in the WWE, uh, the World Wrestling Federation ring right now. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. Fine. But my one note that I wrote in the TLC match here was Punk, who is very ill and just shit himself on SmackDown, does a shoot headbutt on Dean Ambrose. Did you see this? <laughs> yep. <laughs> What the fuck is he thinking? Like, <laughs> so well, sometimes people can't be safe from themselves, I guess, can they? Well, I just, I just wanted to cover this whole WWE period because it's uh, like it's mm. so kind of different to what we're going to be talking about in part two. I feel because you know you're not you're getting a completely different animal in Mox in AEW, and then Punk's obviously making his big comeback. So, and then obviously all the tensions that grow between them. It's just a, a, an interesting sort of like distinction between how they were in WWE and how we're going to get to in AEW, Dickie? Yes. Sort of. I mean, just trying to think. We're going to go to AEW with CM Punk, and at this stage, 
he's also kind of had enough, has he not? Oh, by the time he has a feud with Mox, yeah, maybe, yeah. Well, I mean, he's because Hangman Page has already pissed him off, right? So uh, we basically <laughs> we basically saw we basically get we basically got the same thing in AEW, but it was just sped up at like ten mm. times speed and bad um, matches. Oh, of course. Look, and 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 of course, and uh, yeah, no, he. I guess he was used better in in the sense that he's not being dragged to. He's not working what six nights a week or, or something on house shows and all this sort of shit. Going on so, European tours you know, and things. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, you know, his body's in in better shape and he's not going to get injured. Oh well, actually, springboards again and stuff, right? Mm. Uh, we'll we'll you know, and we'll get into it. I I haven't even. I mean, obviously, it's very recently, and I've watched it all, um, but I'm very keen to to rewatch it and and really reestablish a lot of the timelines. Because the other thing too is with with Punk and the injury and the interim championships and all this sort of stuff. This whole that whole timeline of of Mox versus Punk, kind of my brain kind of gets scrambled a little bit. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of so, yeah. to come up with timelines for AEW stuff because, you know, people are leaving and coming out and then, like you said, about entering championships and that. So it can scramble your brain quite a bit. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Any final thoughts on this whole period, Brandon? Are you happy to go back and look at uh, CM Punk against Ambrose in the year of 2013? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, for for the, the show, you and don't lie. <laughs> oh, I'll get I'll get to that part. I mean, for the show, yeah, it's interesting. It's good content, whatnot, to, and good banter to t- talk about with you guys and whatnot. But you know, reliving it again, uh, <laughs> it's all fun. It wasn't a fun era to be a WWE fan, no matter uh, how hot the Yes Movement was, or John Cena and Orton and whatnot, or this. <laughs> it was pretty lazy pro wrestling at this time. And, but uh, like John Cena and Randy Orton were wrestling each other at this point. <laughs> yeah, the greatest match that nobody wanted but delivered. <laughs> they delivered every time they did it, all 17 times they did over this, or however many. It oh, was, yeah, they toured the world. Before. Yeah, they toured the world <laughs> fighting each other. But uh, yeah, uh, this this era of WWE was not my uh, cup of tea. So, yeah, we will be back. In February, with round two of uh, CM Punk against John Moxley, all this this time will be in AEW and how things have changed, how they've stayed the same. So, going to be a very, very interesting period to cover there. So, before we head out of here, Dicky, Chop Tease, Poison Rana, what's what's everyone up to this month? Uh, yeah, so on the Poison Rana Patreon feed. Uh, they actually have a, a, a pretty significant event on their uh, long-standing show, Was Next, which is the first ever, don't call it a takeover, NXT Arrival 2014, which actually coincides with the show that we've really just done because it's not too far f- removed from this period of time in, in WWE, at least these these matches uh, with the Shield. Um, I think headlined by... Adrian Neville and I don't know, probably fucking Bo Dallas or something. Um, so you catch that on the uh, Patreon feed. I believe some some uh, some patrons will be on the show with the Wozn experts. Uh, also, uh, also look out for the best match ever, twenty twenty three. 
uh, parts one and two, I believe uh, 10 through five, basically the first half will be uh, free uh, on YouTube. And then the, the five, five to one, I said five twice there, but you get the point. Uh, five to one will be on the, the Patreon feed. Uh, they're also doing uh, best match ever of Von Eriks. Uh, in sort of conjunction with Iron Claw and the up yours pick that w- was supposed to happen last month. Um, but you know, Christmas is crazy and all that sort of stuff is, uh, Howard the Duck. Mm. Uh, Brandon, have you seen Howard the Duck? I have. I love that movie, actually. Is this, <laughs> a, is it, uh, the, I don't really, is a Marvel character or something? Yeah, it's based character. on a comic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it was like, wasn't he in Guardians of the Galaxy or something, or is it a post-credit scene or something, or something like that? that. But but anyway, uh, so that's on the Poison Runner Patreon feed, obviously on the free feed. Every Leah month Thompson's got, also in that movie. She's great. <clears throat> every month you've you've got uh, <laughs> Leah Thompson from uh, Back to the Future. Back to the Future, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Very good. Isn't he a dream? Um, she falls in love with a duck. <laughs> In Back to the Future? Anyway. No, it's, um, yeah. I get it. Obviously on the free feed, always every month, Detox, What Up Doe, Eagles Don't Hunt Flies, Shot in the Dark, and of course, every Sunday, the Poison Rana podcast. Um, but also, yes, I launched the Chop Tees merchandise store, Poison Rana, the first ones to hop on board, and we've got a whole bunch of merch. Some of it's been flying off the uh, off the shelves. Like I mentioned, our Ambrose uh, coffee mug, which you may have seen on an episode of Rewind a Raw, I think, uh, with John Pollock holding it up. Um, John Way have one, and and you know Brandon's obviously got one, and a, a whole bunch of other people do as well. I keep getting photos, and you can have one too, yeah, for a uh, discounted price. Ooh, so here's, the, here's the deal. Yeah, well, well, you know, I mean, it's it's more of a entice you. If you want one of these mugs, you can get one, twenty five percent off if you buy an Eagles Don't Hunt Flies t shirt or hoodie. Uh, we've got two t shirts and two hoodies, you know, two different designs to choose from. In that, you just need to buy one of them, and you'll get twenty five percent off a mug if you use the code. Mox V Punk at checkout. That's M O X V P U N K. Again, just buy one t shirt or one hoodie from the Eagles Don't Hunt Flies collection. And uh, you can then add your uh, your mug to the cart, put the code in, and you'll get 25% off the mug. Um, that's chopped tees.com. Make it even easier. Chopped tees. Dot com forward slash eagles don't hunt flies will take you straight to all of those products. Definitely go and get one. Those are brilliant. Those deathmatch fango t shirts, hoodies. I'm wearing one right there. now. I, I was, wasn't didn't even plan to do it, but I'm just wearing one right now that I just bought myself, and uh, it's lovely. That's great. Get one of those. You don't know what interesting conversations you're going to have wearing that out in the street. You know, people might come up and go and talk, want to talk to you about art. They might want to talk to you about Van Gogh. They might go, oh, actually, is that something to do with John Moxley? You know what I mean? It's just, 
you can have all sorts of conversations with people wearing, wearing one of those. Obviously, not you, Dickie, living out in the middle of nowhere, but, you know, regular people <laughs> can, can wear these things. Yeah, and then you've got a cool little mug, you know. You know, share share your mug and, and you know, have your tea and coffee. Yeah, perfect. So, uh, yeah. They might, they might want to talk to you about his match with Drake Words. He might, yeah, he might do. Yeah, out, never know. out here, yeah. Out here, yeah, probably. It's the, the type of – got a lot of Drake Words out here. So – yeah, I don't. I don't want to get too vulgar about Howard the Duck, but uh, Leah Thompson's in a whole world of trouble messing with a duck, man. Have, have you seen the Duck's Anatomy? I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to go there. But anyway, continue. Any, any plug? Any plugs from you, Brandon? <laughs> what Dickie said. Uh, buy the merch. Buy the stuff. Uh, goes to a great cause. Uh, us <laughs> keep this. Keep the show going. Uh, <laughs> keep the lights on at night. Uh, all vibes. Uh, I'm having a great time with you guys as as usual, and uh, that, that's all I got, man. And, and Tim Robbins yeah. is with me too, by the way. So Howard the Duck. <laughs> Buy some merch and help Brandon pay for some fast women. I that's guess. Right. Yep. That's that's the moral of uh, the new year. There you go. So obviously, all roads lead to Poison Rana at Poison Rana. Check all their great stuff out. Support them on Patreon. Come on, do us all a favor. These guys work so hard and put out so many great shows. And yeah, definitely head over to their Patreon. And we will yep. be back. But, ho- but, but hold on, Martin, before you go, speaking of people working hard, I just wanted to say on behalf of Brandon and I, oh. um, it's, <laughs> it's New Year. And I just wanted to say that really appreciate everything that you do. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I think. Just because it is a new year, 2023, I will remember fondly, you know, I quit my job, I bought a farm, I had a child, and now I'm realizing how I'm structuring the sentence, basically saying that also you returned to our airwaves. And I think everybody is so much happier for that, myself included, even if I wasn't even on the show. So I just wanted, because I know we didn't even say it during Christmas shows or last show or whatever, but... Martin, it's so good to have you back, and I'm really, really looking forward to this whole year of of shows. And, uh, you know, Brandon and I will do our best not to let you down. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate that. Right back at you. I couldn't do this without you. You know, it's brilliant that you two guys came on board with this. This won't work at all without you two, so thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, thank you. I really, really appreciate that. So, yeah, we'll be back next month, Ambrose, with part two. CM Punk against Moxley. So we'll catch you then. Absolutely. And uh, Timo Warner signed with the Spurs. Let's go.